This is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico. As usual, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Sam. And let me start off by announcing that there has been an amazing scientific breakthrough. Scientists have discovered a new treatment that makes you live longer. It enhances your memory. It makes you more creative, makes you look more attractive, makes you slimmer and lowers your food cravings. It protects you from cancer and dementia. It wards off colds and the flu. It lowers your risk of heart attacks and stroke. You'll feel happier, less depressed and less anxious. And that magic treatment is sleep. So Sam and I have just finished a book, Why We Sleep, written by Matthew Walker. And it explains why humans sleep and why it's so important. Mm. So Sam, how did you enjoy the book? I really enjoyed the book. I was initially a bit skeptical because I read a few books on sleep and was like, okay, I'm just going to have some more FOMO for like whenever I sleep badly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm just going to be a bit annoyed and like the tips won't be that helpful. And then... I just started sleeping way better. I just really prioritized it. And yeah, I just thought he'd just done a really good job of highlighting just the fascination of the of the world of sleep and what's going on in your body and why it's so important, just in a way that I'd never really read before. So yeah, great job. Could have yeah. been like more hilarious, but it was very readable mm-hmm. and, and such. So loved it. Agreed. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very good book. And so... I found it quite interesting um, that he tried to tackle the question, like why we sleep, because I've never really thought about it, but sleep from an evolutionary perspective doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you're mm. in a passed out state lying somewhere and, uh, you know, you can be killed very easily um, by someone who <laughs> wants to do you harm. And yeah, so it, it, from an evolutionary perspective, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But um, and so apparently, what he what he concludes in the book is that um, sleep produces complex neurochemical baths that improve our brains in various ways. And so it restocks the armory of our immune system. It helps fight malignancy, um, prevents infection, and wars off all manner of sicknesses. Um, and so basically, sleep helps our evolutionary fitness. So in, very shortly, that's that's why we sleep. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it was a really great book. Um, and I've made <laughs> quite a lot of notes, um, some very interesting things in there. Um, one thing that I missed, and I can start off with this, is I had hoped for, because he gives a few tips on how to sleep healthily, and we, we can come back to that at the end. Uh, but what I missed was some more tricks about, for example, what, what do you need to think about to sleep? Because <laughs> mm. like quite often I... I have to. I wake up in the middle of the night, having to pee. I go back to bed, um, and my mind starts, you know, going over what I did the day before, what I have to do the day after, and um, I find it very hard to fall asleep. And sometimes I'm awake for like two hours. And so I had hoped for a little bit more tips on. Okay, you should try thinking about these kinds of things because these are the ones that you know put your body or, or mind at you know the the prime state of for falling mm-hmm. asleep. Did you miss that as well? Yeah, definitely. I. I have found my sleep's been way better because I'm prioritizing it, but it, I don't mm-hmm. think it really helped clear my mind as such. I'll find out in a year, really, if this has really changed my, my sleep radically. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, it didn't really give you the, those sort of tips on that stuff. The other thing, I guess, that it doesn't give you is that it says why we sleep. I'd say it's more of like the benefits of sleeping and the dangers of not sleeping enough. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily answer why your body couldn't somehow do some of these things without sleep. Yeah, as in, yeah, yeah. Could yeah. your body have a better repairing system without mm-hmm. it? And mm-hmm. it, it, it lightly touches on, okay, different animals have different amounts of sleep and this kind of stuff. But it doesn't really sort of go into like, okay, like the lobsters that can like live forever, that kind of stuff. And like mm-hmm. it's an essence of aging in these things. So the title like a little ambiguous and exactly what it is compared to what you get from it, yeah. I felt. But uh, that's a bit nitpicky, I yes. guess. <laughs> because... So let's uh, let's go into the stuff that we, we did like and that, that it did make it like opens our eyes. So um, I've, I've written a few things down, like what inf- um, influences sleep quality. So first of all is, as we all know, coffee, which I find pretty um, crazy. So I, I've always tried, well, no, I haven't always done that, but I, I now I try to avoid coffee afternoon. Actually, I just drink one cup of coffee uh, in the morning. You don't do, you don't consume any uh, caffeine, right? Yeah, I have green tea. Okay. And... Yeah, I might have one after lunch when I'm feeling super tired or something, but mm. don't usually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and so he made two points that I found very interesting. So one is that um, the degrading of coffee takes quite a while. And so it takes five to seven hours, if I'm not mistaken, for the caffeine to, in your body to have. Which mm. means that if you drink, you know, a cup of coffee at noon by 10 o'clock, in the best case, there's still going to be 25% of the caffeine left in your blood, which... I can imagine if you drink a lot of coffee, um, I mean, it might have some impact on your sleep. And actually, he, he says that it does. Um, yeah. So that's 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 that. And then the other point that he made was that coffee actually doesn't really wake you up. It just makes you feel less sleepy. And so if you don't sleep, it impairs a lot of things. Um, you know, it impairs your attention, your reaction speed, and a lot of other stuff. Um, and so by drinking coffee, that impairment is actually still there. Uh, you just feel more alert because it blocks some things in your brain that make you feel drowsy, I guess. I don't know exactly what it yeah, was. Yeah, it's um, in the book, there's a bunch of graphs of the different things that you have. Is like your sleep. Um, oh, what's the. <laughs> where are my notes? Uh, I mean, we can't put the PDF on here, but basically, over the day cycle, you have your, your circadian rhythm. You have like the buildup of melatonin towards as you sleep, but then. You have like two main factors of like sleep drive and wake drive that he talks about, and you have like a strong urge to be awake or asleep as those two change, and so that your wake drive builds up as you sleep, and that's the point where you then like wake up, and then through the day your sleep drive builds up, mm-hmm. and then your wake drive goes less and less as the sleep drive's building up, and then that's when you should fall asleep as you're going to bed, as the biggest gap. And then they come back together. But caffeine basically just sort of blocks the sleep drive a little bit. And it just sort of, it takes up the uh, receptors in your brain that normally get, uh, receive the um, chemicals that have your sleep drive. And so you just don't feel that urge so much. But then like the rest of your body is actually more exhausted and all the reasons that you should be sleeping are still present. And so you are like less performant in all these other areas and stuff. And obviously the actual long-term effects of health are really important that you need to um, satisfy. Hence, you shouldn't be 
staying up late with coffee regularly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, one nice thing that he sort of talks about is like sleep is the only, like, well, it's like a crazy form of torture not having it. And it's now been banned from the, the Guinness Book of Records, like the longest time of going without sleep because of people, so many people have died doing it. And um, yeah. Anyway, this is probably going off ahead into all the different dangers of not sleeping. And we were talking about just things that affect your sleep. So <laughs> good tangent already. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah. yeah, it was pretty impres- uh, interesting to, to like specifically learn about coffee, but also alcohol, for example. Um, mm. So alcohol is one of the most powerful suppressors of, of REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep, um, which actually the REM sleep is what helps you um, create memories of things that you learned and so they did like one super interesting experiment there which is um, they took uh, three groups of people and they taught them something new um, and so uh, the first group they let them sleep normally you know eight hours of sleep for a whole week the second group they um, on the first night they gave them um, some shots of vodka I'm not mistaken, um, to make them slightly tipsy before they went to sleep on that night. And then the remaining six nights, they had normal sleep. And the third group, they, um, so after the learning, whatever they had to learn, uh, they had two nights of normal sleep. And on the third night, they gave them the same amount of alcohol. And then the rest of the week, they also had normal sleep. And so after a week, they tested the three groups. And they actually found that um, the first group, the one that didn't drink anything was actually better at whatever they learned than they had been initially. And the second and the third group both performed um, significantly worse than the first group, which means that one, like even the, the, if, if you drink alcohol the same night, you learn something, you're actually going to remember it um, less. And if you drink during the week after, it actually also has an influence on whatever you, you um, learned in the days before. And as a, university students i used to drink quite a lot <laughs> and looking back maybe that explains why i don't remember that much <laughs> from a lot of the classes that i took mm. um i don't know it could also be explained by you know cramming all the the whatever you needed to learn in a few weeks before the exam but still i think uh, that's something that's very underappreciated yeah yeah i wish i'd given this to my like 15 year old self yeah. because 15 to 20 i did like way too much drinking and, and fighting especially during the week when I was trying to learn things and taking tests and stuff. And yeah, I can really see the benefit of not partying quite so much or drinking mm-hmm. slightly less and, and getting some more sleep because, you know, you're still kind of young, your body's building and these things. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd have like a higher IQ and would have just done much better at everything in general anyway mm-hmm. if I'd uh, been drinking a bit less when I was young. Mm-hmm. Whoops. So the Americans with their 21 drinking age actually... Naming it, <laughs> yeah. Good job, guys. Good Damn job. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny how like we, we Europeans are always making fun of him for that. Um, yeah, but he, he's actually right. I think he said in in the in the book that we're right now conducting one of the largest you know drug experiments um, ever performed in human history, which is specifically with alcohol because alcohol is you know if if you don't drink alcohol at like a dinner, people tend to look weird. Uh, at least yeah. uh, where I'm at. Um, well, actually, they, they won't judge you, but it's like oh, is something wrong or whatever. Or... Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's very interesting. Um, and so he, he actually says that if you want to consume alcohol, it's best to do it in the morning. So yeah, now we know. Mimosas for brunch. It's, uh, it's the best way to consume alcohol. Mm. 
So um, some other things that influence sleep quality is uh, obviously lights. So it says that you should try and sleep in a very dark room. Um, and that's something that I also learned. Um, by, I mean, a lot of people know this, but blue light especially is really bad um, because it, it interrupts your circadian rhythm. And maybe we should talk a bit about circadian rhythm a bit. Um, you want to sure. you wanna give it a quick definition or should I? Yeah, so your circadian rhythm is basically just as an animal, you're adapted to live within the 24-hour cycle of the planet. When mm-hmm. It's quite interesting. They did a lot of experiments with people in completely dark uh, rooms with no external light, and uh, humans naturally a bit more closer to like 26 hours, most people. So I've always thought this about myself. So I felt like, I mean, I can always stay up a bit later and wake up a bit later and do that simply. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly changing time zones is so easy going backwards going mm. forwards it's like oh my god i can't <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but basically over the over the day um like i already spoke about like the build-up of sleep pressure and stuff but you also have things like your body temperature changes so it's normally sort of about 37 it rises once you wake up to sort of 37.1 37.2 and then it goes down to like 36.7 just as you're going to sleep um, so that's one part of it, your melatonin cycles and there's just like a, it's quite low and then like there's a big spike as you're coming up towards as you sleep and through the night. And, um, basically it's just your, the hormones and stuff that go on that just keep you sort of in the normal cycle of the time period where you are in the world. And that's what kind of messes you up when you do time travel, well, <laughs> when you time travel, when you go to other parts of the world <laughs> in a different time zone. Yeah. And you're trying to be like five hours behind and something. And then obviously the light is doing different things because mm-hmm. you're supposed to like match what's going on with the sunlight and stuff. And that's what what's interesting is like early birds and then like the late night owls kind of things in like your natural circadian rhythm is affected by daylight. But depending on your genetics, it depends on like when those sort of hormonal responses happen. Um, in response to daylight and night so some people well i think it's about a third are like early morning people yeah. and then it was like 25 30 percent were the opposite like night owls and then mm-hmm. everyone else was sort of in the middle and um yeah if you've got a job where you're supposed to get up at 7 a.m every day and you're a night owl it's probably not very good for you if you're uh, well always finding it super difficult to get to sleep mm-hmm. and then just cutting short your sleep to wake up on time um, you should consider yeah. a different job and it also goes quite deep into um, like college kids and stuff where actually everyone sort of shifts as an entire demographic like as teenagers you sort of want to you become more night hourly um, there's various reasons for that but if your school still requires you to get up at 7am it actually impacts your grades it impacts your, your growth and your health and your actual intelligence and um, also makes the planet a more dangerous place to be. I think they looked at school studies of schools and the amount of like car crashes people were in and like a school that got their kids to go in like an hour and a half later. I think there was like 50% less car accidents Hmm. or something. And you're like, what? (laughs) And like all these other things that we do around danger and stuff and actually making sure that people get more sleep. (laughs) It could be a huge game changer on that, which I thought was really interesting. The um, the biggest experiment on that specifically is uh, it's going to happen in a few weeks. It's daylight saving shift, where um, in in spring they 
you know, they remove one hour from the day, which in the week after results in like a like significant, like a very high number of extra car crashes, more people getting sick, more heart attacks, more strokes. Um, and so there is very clear that, um, yeah, just building life around natural circadian rhythms makes a lot of sense. And so, yeah, it's, I find it very interesting, you know, to learn about teenagers that their circadian rhythm is shifted backwards. Um, and and so, yeah, I mean, if I'm older, I, I guess with my teenage children, I'll have to accept that they stay in bed until 10 while I'm uh, happy and awake around 6. But yeah, I'm, uh, it's, good, it's good that I know now, so I'll, uh, I'll be more accepting on that. Um backtracking to the blue light <laughs> yeah so indeed so blue light basically um influences our circadian rhythm <clears throat> and so if you are watching blue light or have blue lights around you uh, late at night your body's going to think that's actually sunlight and that it's still day um and so that's going to keep away your natural sleepiness so that's something uh, you should absolutely avoid yeah so as in the age-old advice of shutting down your laptop, like not watching TV for the last few hours and not having devices that are digital. Mm -hmm. And also just trying to wear like blue light filter glasses or not having blue lights in your house, like LED style and mm -hmm. things uh, help a lot. But um, yes, working out what works for you. Yeah, exactly. So I've got some blue light glasses now that I've definitely started wearing earlier than I was bothering to before, which has helped. And I'm also trying nice. to keep myself more offline so i was keeping i was doing all of my journaling on my laptop but mm. um changed that to be paper-based in the evening so that the last sort of two hours of things is there's nothing no reason to be on my laptop which also just helps like brain space and things because when i'm journaling on my laptop I, i'll think of something that i haven't done whilst i'm journaling and then i'll probably go and do it and that might be like a five minute something or it might end up being like a half hour like whole i'll go down and actually doing it on papers and it's like okay no the computer is shut now it's just me and my thoughts and that's it and mm -hmm. cool like if there's some stuff i need to do that i forgot to do like that'll just go in my like the bottom corner where i just write my to-dos of stuff and i just go and check that the next day so that's been helpful mm -hmm. yep um next to light there's also temperature um and so as you said your circadian rhythm also influences your body temperature and as you prepare for going to sleep our body temperature temperature actually goes down um, and you can use that in your advantage, or actually, it's being used at our dis like it's it's being used against us um, because a lot of people like to have their rooms nice and warm, nice and cozy. Uh, but it's actually better to have a slightly colder room. Uh, I think he says uh, around 18 degrees Celsius, and that's an optimal temperature for sleeping. And so that's also why it's very helpful to take a hot bath because if you take a hot bath, you're gonna feel warm, but actually your blood's gonna go to your extremities and your um, core is going to cool off and that's going to make you more relaxed um, and also help you fall asleep faster and so over the past weeks it's been extremely cold <laughs> where i live and my bedroom is not very well isolated and it was um super cold in our bedroom and i really loved it like i slept amazing um and i noticed that when it's really hot it gets really hot in our bedroom um and then i sleep <laughs> i sleep way worse and so yeah this is uh very useful and not a lot of people I think know this, but it's, it's a useful trick to uh, cool down before you go to bed. Yeah. So um, to the last point, that also what also influences sleep is, is having a regular uh, sleep and wake time. And that's something that I, I, I've tried, I, I try to do these days. And it's, it makes, it's, it's very easy that we're still in lockdown. That makes it easier to do this because you don't have any you know, social 
commitments that you have to go through, you know, parties on, on, on Friday or Saturday. Um, and so I, I personally, I try to like go to bed around like 10 and um, I do so on Fridays and Saturdays as well. Um, and it helps me. Like I, I feel I get very tired around 9.30 and I'm like ready to go to bed at that point. Um, and it makes me, it makes it so easy to fall asleep because I used to have very much like a lot of issues falling asleep. And now with my very regular schedule, it's been amazing. Yeah, that's cool. It's certainly a nice opportunity with the lockdown. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in Israel for a few months where I didn't really have anyone to hang out with in the evenings and such. And it was like kind of dark and I just went to bed at like sort of nine or 10 and then I'd get up super early, go for like a giant run and then I'd write for two hours before things started at like 10. It was like, it was awesome. I had like a whole like day to myself of doing useful stuff. Mm-hmm. But since I get to London, I got things going on. It's like, okay, well, if I'm seeing people or I'm doing like, um, like Toastmasters evening or choir in the evening and stuff like I didn't get back until like half 10 11 and maybe I hadn't even eaten and these kind of things and it's just like stuff going on mm-hmm. and so it gets really hard mm-hmm. especially you know, also if you're going to meet friends for a drink or something that's even later and mm-hmm. uh, all these things terrible for your sleep drinking and staying out late it's mm-hmm. not good um just not sure how to maintain that <laughs> like having yeah. an actual life with, uh, you can uh, become one of these guys is like, um, no, sorry, I, I, I have to be in bed by this time. And there's, there's nothing you can do to convince me not to do that. You know, there's some hardcore yeah. people out there, but I, I've, I've come to the point where I prefer to do stuff in the afternoon with friends than in the evening. Yeah. Just cause I, I want to sleep and I sleep so early. I mean, lots of people are still doing shit at, at 10 and I'm already in bed, you know, so I guess I'm weird. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I mean, I definitely... I think that's more productive as well in terms of I don't feel like I get so much done in the hours of 10 till 6 as I do in the hours of 6 till 2 if I get mm. up at 6 and just sort of prioritize work. And like, true. That's yeah, like that's I true. If I had no calls or anything going on and just worked from when I woke up until 2 o'clock and then from then, you know, have lunch, go to the gym, take calls in the afternoon or see friends and that kind of stuff, I would be way more productive. <laughs> yeah sure absolutely um all right so one other point that i found very um interesting is he makes a lot of advice he gives a lot of advice also to policymakers. um so we already talked about the psychedelic rhythm of teens so schools should actually start later um but he also calculated the cost of bad sleep to the economy and it amounts to two percent of gdp which means that like making awareness campaigns around sleep isn't, isn't that expensive. And so it would easily pay for itself if countries started to, you know, talk about sleep and the importance of sleep um, to their citizens um, and, you know, maybe for schools to start later and uh, and all the, these kind of things. Yeah, definitely. Like, like we spoke about like the teen driving example with that one school, but also just in general, like the costs of people that do go driving uh, is huge in terms of the amount of accidents that happen from that. And yeah. as in, I think he gives an example of thinking it a bit in the same way that you think of, of drinking, like the amount of impaired reactions and the stuff you have. It's If you haven't slept in 20 hours and you try and drive, it's as bad as like, going for three pints or something. And um, Yeah. And he actually made made the case that it's, it's worse because yeah. if you're drowsy and you make an accident or if you're drunk and you make an accident, if you're drunk your reflexes are slower so you yeah. you break too late but if you're drowsy and you fall in this micro sleep i think he called it 
yeah. Um, there's there no reaction. Exactly. There's no you don't you don't break. So um, there's actually like the the accident that happened because of drowsiness are more than you think, and um, yeah, cause more damage by far. Yeah, and certainly whether you're working or whatever thing is still just like impacts your ability to really do anything. And then if it's like a an important thing like you're a surgeon which is like a huge thing actually in the healthcare industry or people being overworked and not getting enough sleep, then like you're actually performing as if you're drunk. Like would you let a guy that's just been in the pub for the last three hours do your heart surgery? No. So a guy that's <clears> been working for 20 hours straight because of he's like the best heart surgeon, should he be the one to to, to like be uh, giving you surgery? Probably not either, mm. actually. Yeah. And um, obviously there is a limited number of people that can do these things, but it's yeah more people might be alive yeah in in general i um and he gives a lot of comments about this idea that you know sleep is for the weak and you know hard-working real people um um successful people only have to sleep five to six hours a day and mm. whatever and i i when he says that it's really bad and and he doesn't believe that um there's actually almost no people that can work efficiently and sustainably on six hours of sleep so yeah, it's um, kind of agree. I uh, I like sleeping enough, and I'm thanks to this book, even less ashamed to admit it and tell people sorry. I have to be in bed by then. <laughs> can't, yeah. can't hang out. Definitely, it's. Um, I think he goes a bit more into the stats because a lot of people think that oh maybe I'm one of these people that sort of can survive mm-hmm. on low sleep, uh, in the same way that like you know you read about. Um, being wheat intolerant and lots of people think oh maybe i'm glucose gluten intolerant and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's like it's almost impossible that you're one of these people that can survive on like four hours of sleep it's like mm-hmm. you're more likely to be struck by lightning statistically than you are to be one of those people mm-hmm. and it's like it's a super super rare genetic condition by which you can actually manage to healthfully get away without like seven to nine hours of sleep a night um so yes probably you're lying to yourself and you're actually just performing way worse and there's some nice graphs on like just the amount of injuries and things like that that people have so um from you're 70 percent more likely to have an injury if you've only had six hours of sleep uh on average whereas 60 percent with seven hours and 30 percent with eight hours and then like only 10 percent uh, likelihood of getting an injury if you've had nine hours sleep when you go and play sport so it's just pretty obvious with like how much impaired it is in average and i think um i sent you an example of um oh, who's that guy i sent you tom brady who's uh an insane human he's 43 and he's like the most successful nba player did i say <laughs> no uh successful football player not nba yeah, I don't know. I'm not American. <laughs> Just clearly. So all the Americans that listen will be like, yeah, I'm messing this up. But basically, super uh, long career, like beyond any kind of normal human capabilities. And he sleeps nine hours a night religiously. Mm. And is at 43, still winning awards for like best player and like in championships and stuff. And that's just insane. But could never have happened if you hadn't slept so much, uh, which is, mm-hmm. I think, really cool. Although, yeah. in the entrepreneurial uh, world, we do look to Elon Musk quite often. He has always been like, 
just work all the bloody time. That's how you get to being successful. And he still talks about the fact that he only sleeps like six hours a night. And he is already a freak of nature anyway. So maybe he is actually possibly doing this. Or mm-hmm. maybe he's just like, intelligent enough to get away with it. Um, but I wouldn't recommend trying to be like him on that. Because <laughs> you're much likely to get some of his success by sleeping more, actually. Mm-hmm. Rather than mm-hmm. by sleeping less. So he can be wrong on some things. Um, one thing we haven't spoken about was sleep drugs. Uh, he did talk about those a bit. And mm-hmm. he doesn't have anything good to say about them, don't they? <laughs> basically. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> they actually don't fully solve the problem of sleep. Like you get impaired. All of the, the benefits of sleep don't happen so much when you're taking those drugs. Mm-hmm. Basically, is the first thing. And so like the next day, you're I just groggy and don't feel brilliant anyway. You just... It's like you didn't sleep, right? Yeah, yes. Like you didn't sleep. Yeah. It's just that your mind was off, so you didn't have to hear yourself being awake. Yeah, but exactly. as far as actual benefits of being asleep, um, you're not getting them. And they are addictive, so it's very hard to get off them and stuff. So use with extreme caution, ideally not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't talk that much about um, like the more like herbal things like chamomile or like sleepy teas or other things that might help nope. um sure i would have been interested in no there is much in that stuff we did speak about melatonin yeah um, so the the rundown of melatonin as i understood it was useful for jet lag when you're traveling and that's mm. basically it yeah pretty much so that was good uh naps he also spoke about that and he was there for them as long as they don't impact your ability to sleep properly in the evening then it's another chance to consolidate your memories and recover a bit more. I personally love napping. Mm-hmm. If I can like nap after lunch for like half an hour or two hours, even it's um I just have more energy in the afternoon. In the same mm-hmm. way that when you wake up in the morning, I don't know, I just feel more focused and like I don't get so distracted by stuff and just perform really well. Mm-hmm. It's the same if so I've had a nap, I get up and I'm like, boom, hundred percent in the room. <laughs> so like my ideal scenario is napping two hours every afternoon and then actually just sleeping like one shorter cycle and getting like kind of six hours sleep at night and then um perfect definitely killing it yeah uh, yeah he he doesn't he so he's in, indeed in favor of snapping but he says to avoid it after 3 p.m yeah so find it uh yeah very interesting i'm, I'm not a napper i um i i am always too scared like there's always stuff i want to do other than napping mm. so that's that's one thing and also yeah. afraid that it will make me like i really don't like lying awake in bed so i i'll do everything to be tired basically and if yeah. napping well it's never going to help you be tired in the evening so that's why i don't really like to do it so nice. anyway that's uh that's me yeah i mean there's there's a lot more details we could go into but uh i i there's only one thing I, i'd like to finish with and that's um, like 12 tips for a healthy sleep, which he had in his appendix. We can quickly go through them. One, stick to a sleep schedule. Um, and there he says that it's actually very useful instead of setting an alarm to wake is to set an alarm to go to bed. Uh, so that's actually his, his most important trick and his most important tip that he has. Then second point, exercise is great, but not within two to three hours before sleep time. Um, three, avoid caffeine and nicotine, avoid alcohol, um, avoid avoid large meals and beverages. Avoid medicines that influence sleep, if possible. Um, don't take naps after 3 p.m. 
try to relax, do some relaxing things before bed. So don't try to like, uh, if I play video games before eight, I think 8 p.m., I'm going to have trouble sleeping. So I, I, I never play after dinner, actually, but I, I never play after 8 p.m. Otherwise, I'm, uh, I'm going to have a rough time. I'm going to have a rough time falling asleep. Um, uh, take a hot bath before bed if you have trouble sleeping. That's going to cool your core down. Um, try to keep your room dark, cool, and gadget-free. Um, have sunlight expo- exposure during the day. Um, so that helps your circadian rhythm. If you like, if it's not sunny outside, or if you live um, very north or south and you don't have sunlight, then try to have some fake exposure in the morning. Like um, there's some devices that that fake sunlight, and then um, avoid lying awake. Um, so if you if you're up and you can't sleep, just go do something relaxing, get out of your bed, and when you feel sleepy again, then just come back. Those are his uh, twelve sleeping tips. Cool. Uh- just to add a little bit onto them. So with the alarm, you said like it's important that people set one going to bed, which he really mm-hmm. spoke about. But he also spoke about the importance of well, actually having an alarm to get up so you do get regular. And that's one thing is actually if people are having sleep issues, is that actually kind of reduce their amount of sleep and make them get up with their alarm anyway, just to start forcing them to be tired to start going to bed at the right time. Uh, and one thing he also spoke about was don't use the snooze button. He highlighted is very important. So if your snooze goes off, it's actually it's quite stressful for your heart and body in general, trying to like pull yourself out of sleep. And so if you just about get back to sleep in the 10 minutes that your snooze has like waited for you to go up and then you sort of stress yourself again with the, with the alarm, you're not actually giving yourself any sleep, but you are adding like a bunch of stress hormones into your body and you're just making your life worse for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you should just try and get up as soon as your alarm goes off and not use the, sleep, the snooze. Um, second one was on the relaxing before you go into bed. I was having a conversation with a few people who have been like getting super addicted to Clubhouse, but they're spending all of their evenings on it. But then it's just messing up with their sleep because if they're getting like excited by like talking and being in front of people suddenly, and like when you're spending your evenings sort of trying to perform and do stuff, mm-hmm. it's like really mm-hmm. not good for you. So um, yeah, certainly limit your amount of uh, doing things that scare you and stuff in the evening it's quite, it's quite mm-hmm. a good one it does make you wonder about like performers and people where like they really are amplified to be working at that point in time yeah just before they go to bed must be can't be much. healthy yeah and or like you know you're into cryptocurrencies but not so much sort of actively trading them but I know quite a few people that are trying to like trade them and stuff and it's like the market's always on and mm. so it's so tempting to go look at stuff in the evening and just like well it's not good <laughs> yep so True. Trying to make sure your habits align with what you're trying to achieve um, is important. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Ratings. I think a nine. Whoa. Holy damn. Because it, it just really, I think it's going to impact my life. It's something that I think I really will recommend to a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think most people should read this. And it's, I don't, I don't feel it's worthy of a 10 somehow just because it's... Um, it's readable, but it's not like it could be just like a slightly bit better, like Sapiens, where it's just a bit more humorous mm. at the same time. I don't know how to say it could be better, more digestible, but it, it's it's fine. It could be written, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's really, really good, but he's not like a holy shit writer, mm-hmm. awesome level kind of thing. And otherwise, I would have just liked to have heard a bit more about why sleep is not possible in other formats. 
and maybe some more tips on like ways you can like get to sleep and sort of things that you can think about to be a better sleeper besides just like the the 12 tips that he gave which were the stuff that you've heard always everywhere (laughs) yeah i agree um, yeah, for my part, I actually um, fully agree with everything you said. <laughs> uh, so I'm also going to give it a nine, and I think uh, it's a great book. And if you think about it, let's say you sleep eight hours a, a day, that is literally one third of your life you're going to be sleeping. And so if you can optimize that part of your life, you're already like if you can do one percent better for one third of your life, that's already in, like amazing gains there. And so I think it's a really useful book that I. Um, would recommend it to everyone and I'm already like I see people drinking coffee in the afternoon I'm already telling them you know this is going to be still in your blood by the time you go to sleep and it's going to impact this type of um, like REM sleep and non-REM sleep and I mean it's not good for you so um, mm. yeah it's um, it's a big book and um, I'm going to recommend it to uh, to everyone I know definitely and then certainly like it was great going through the business books in the last series for me running my business etc but actually it's really nice to have read this and think like actually how i perform every day in my health and mm. like my mental health is essential to running a business like this is probably more important than quite a few of those books that we read in the business probably <laughs> all, series. All of them, actually yeah probably yes <laughs> in terms yeah. of uh actually what i should be reading so it's really nice to like read in different directions and take those lessons and in, in the ways that they can come so very happy that we read this yes Cool. All right. So as the next book, we will be reading the book Breathe by James Nestor, which talks about, as the title says, breathing. So looking forward to that. Thank you very much for listening and speak to you next time. Cheers. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, feel free to give us a rating and share with your friends. If you'd like to ask us a question or give us a comment, feel free to join us on Reason. Reason is Sam's startup that is building a social podcasting app. It is a place where Sam and I listen to podcasts and share ideas and insights. It'd be great if you would hang out with us there. Thanks again and speak to you in the next episode. Cheers.